0: This is Out of Office for July 2015. New tools for out-of-office workers. Welcome to the Out of Office Podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort, and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihon Pereira. Hello, Chris. How are you?
1: Really well, thanks, Kihan. How are you?
0: Yeah, really well, really well. Enjoying a couple of months not traveling at the moment just before I start getting into a few busy months of traveling for speaking. So uh, it's really good being working on some of my own projects for the last couple of months and also doing a lot of doing a lot of online work. So I've been running quite a few webinars in the UK, interestingly enough. All right. Uh, so that's been really good, especially with the way the cricket's going at the moment.
1: It, well, the second match only. <laughs> yes. <laughs> first that's match, right. Not so good. Yes, yes. What about you? Yes, well, yeah, I've been having uh, rubbing in the ashes results to my English colleagues, but it's uh, we've just finished the school holiday, so I had a little bit of downtime and spent that with Lauren and, and my wife, which was
0: good. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. So today we're going to be talking about some of the tools and the software and some of the apps that out-of-office workers can be using uh, and can use to be more effective in their, in their day-to-day work and in their ongoing work. And the thing is that if you're working in a distributed team, you probably know about some of these things already. There are the usual suspects of personal productivity. You probably know about Dropbox and Evernote and uh, iCloud. Uh, for collaboration, you might already be using things like Google Hangouts or GoToMeeting or Skype or Google Docs. Uh, and then for connecting with the world, you might be using things like Feedly and Pocket and Buffer and Hootsuite. And so these are some of the some of the well-known tools available, and they're all really good. There's, they're all really good. But there's, there's also a host of other tools that are now available. And so today, we're going to share some of these newer tools. Some of them you may have come across, uh, but some of them might be new to you. And the idea is that you know about them, and you might be able to then go away and evaluate whether they're worth integrating into your workplace and some of these you can do yourself personally as an out-of-office worker. Some of these you can do for your team if you're a manager and you can implement these tools into your organization and others you might need to get your organization's approval or your IT department's approval to start using these tools. But the idea is that we'll we'll just give you an overview of some of the tools that are available for personal productivity, team collaboration and then connecting with the rest of the world
1: Great. So let's start with personal productivity and these tools, as as we've said, are about helping you to work more productively and the ones we're going to cover are focused on your workflow and the tasks within it. Now, we're focusing on personal productivity, but as it turns out, these tools also do support working with teams and colleagues. So let's get started. So the first of these tools is called Task, and I've started using this about a month ago, and it's really become central to the way that I work. And essentially, it's a task management tool. It's your to-do list, and in the past, I've had a to-do list on paper and in spreadsheets and integrated into my calendar tool, but HiTask does it so much better than the way I've done it in the past. So essentially, all you need to do is create tasks in the HiTask tool and work on them, and when you've, when you've completed the task, you tick it off as done. But there's a lot more that you can do. You can create standard calendar events. And one of the most powerful aspects of high task, I find, is the ability to break up tasks into subtasks. So it's often the case that when you have a piece of work, you don't just sit down and do it and it's done. There's a lot of subtasks involved that need to be done at separate times. And the ability to break up tasks into subtasks in this high task tool, I find really powerful. So that's the core of high task. As well as that, you can do things like schedule when you're going to work on it. So the start and optionally the end time. If it's a task that's a, a recurring task, you can flag it as that and come up. It'll come up weekly or monthly or daily even. You can integrate it with your main calendar tool, whether it's Google Calendar or the, the, I, the iOS calendar from, from Apple. You can provide estimates of how much time you think it's going to take you to complete a task and then track the time when you actually do the task. Another feature that I really like is the ability to group tasks according to the project that they're associated with. Uh, You can give task priorities, and as I mentioned previously, it does have support for um, teamwork, so you can assign it to members of teams, Then you can annotate tasks with uh, comments, you can share files, and finally, you can generate reports um, uh, about how you're going with particular projects or meeting your targets and your estimates. And again, it's one. It's one of these emerging class of tools that works everywhere. So it works on your desktop, or you can run it on a tablet, or on a smartphone.
0: This sounds ideal for me because I've been looking around for some sort of task management tool like that for my ninety-day projects that I'm working on. And what I've done at the moment is just use an Excel spreadsheet. But it sounds like High Task could be perfect for that.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I've done. I've progressed from using a a, um, a spreadsheet and some notes to using doing everything in High Task.
0: And is it something that you've done yourself, Chris, or is it something that your organization is using um, organization-wide?
1: No, it's something that I've picked up myself. So the next step is to maybe see if I can get my team to start using it. And then we have visibility of what each of us is working on, as well as the ability to assign tasks to team members.
0: Yeah. Okay, great.
1: So that's tasks. Now, often it's the case that the way that you do many of your tasks follows a specific workflow. So, for example, where I work, when we're doing software development, we'll have a task starts out as being new, then someone will work on it so it's in progress. Once they've completed work on it, it then needs to be reviewed if it passes that review, then it needs to be tested and if it passes testing, it then needs to be deployed so there's a specific workflow that a lot of our software development tasks follows, and we use a tool at work called Greenhopper that manages that it 's integrated with our um, our software tracking system but the tool that i 'll talk about today is called Trello and that 's open that that stand as a standalone tool you don't it 's not integrated with any bug management system and essentially this Trello is a workflow management tool. You have a board, and on that board, it's a visual system. On that you have a series of lists, and within each list you have your you have some cards, and those cards are the tasks. And as you work on a task and it progresses through through your workflow, you drag it from one list to the other. Those lists represent the different stages in the workflows. And you can set up your lists according to whatever workflow it is that you use, um, customize it however you like, and then apply that workflow to your tasks as you work on them. And then the cards themselves are quite powerful. They can, uh, you can use it as an individual or as, or in a team. And uh, then on the cards, there will be things like labels. There'll be in an activity stream as people do work. There'll be it'll be annotated with progress through the workflow or any comments people have left as they've done work or questions that they've asked. You can share files through those task cards. You can vote on how important a particular task might be. Set due dates and completion dates and those sorts of things. And Trello, like High Tasks, is one of these tools that will work on your desktop or on your tablet or smartphone.
0: And the metaphor here is just like having a bulletin board, isn't it, Chris? You have a big, big bulletin board, and you write your task that have to be done on a card, pin it to the board, and as it gets moved along from the left to the right, uh, it goes through the pro- to the various processes.
1: Yep, pretty much. It's a, it's a very visual based tool that emulates that metaphor, Gihan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, the, the other one that I'm about to mention, which is a Streak, a Streak, which is a Gmail plugin, uh, is is a basic CRM. Uh, so it's a customer relationship management tool, but you can use it for personal productivity as well. And uh, the way you've described Trello, Chris, it sounds very similar. Uh, it sounds like a cut-down version, so maybe a simplified version, and it's really useful for the sort of people who spend uh, – you know, a lot of the day in their Gmail inbox. And I do the same. Not that I'm, not that I'm a slave to email, but I always have my Gmail window open. So it's very easy for me to quickly jump over to see what, uh, what projects I've got going through Streak. And they're really useful for exactly the sort of things you described there, Chris. So uh, let's say, let's say, for example, if you're part of a sales and marketing team and you want to keep track of your prospects, then you'd have them in a pipeline. So at the, they might start off as a suspect. They may not, they, you've just contacted them then you set up a meeting and then you have the appointment and then maybe you have a follow-up call, maybe you have another meeting and then you have negotiations and so on. And there are those various stages, just like you described for your tasks, Chris. And Streak allows you to manage those stages and you can set up any stages that you like. So for example, whenever I do a conference speaking engagement, i am um, doing quite a few at the moment, I have a number of stages. So it may be that get the booking and then send off the paperwork uh, have the design, uh, have the presentation briefing, uh, send off some preliminary material about getting set up, and then book my travel and so on. And I don't, and I've got a checklist with about fifty things in there, and I don't have necessarily fifty stages, but there may be say seven or eight stages. And for each project, I move them through those stages using Streak, and it's a it's a very simple tool, especially if you do a lot of work by email with clients anyway. Um, then you can attach. Each of those emails to each project that you're working on. And I find it, again, it's one of those tools that you can use with teams as well. So as you described with Trello, Chris, you can assign, um, you can assign projects to, to different people and at different stages, and you can handball tasks back and forth among your team. But I find it really useful for my personal productivity as well. And if you use it in a team, then it's really good for the team's productivity, especially if you're an out-of-office worker or you've got out-of-office workers, everybody is on the same page at the same time.
1: Mm -hmm. Very good.
0: OK, so that's the first part. And we've talked a little bit about collaboration there, because as you said earlier, Chris, all these personal productivity tools do have a team element as well. But now let's focus specifically on the on the tools that are designed for collaborating or, if you like, uh, communicating together with team members. And there, again, there are some usual suspects like GoToMeeting and Skype, but there's some newer tools available as well.
1: OK, so let's start with HipChat. And the clue is in the name. It's essentially a chat room, but focused on helping your teams collaborate and communicate. So it provides a forum where you and your team can communicate, usually in an immediate fashion, so where you're all present at the same time. But you can also use it in a deferred way by using, it's a bit like Twitter, you use the uh, the. Ampersand, sorry, the at symbol and the and the username, and that will let the person, the user, know that you've mentioned them in a message, and they'll come and look at it at some point. So it can be used in a deferred, a deferred form. Primarily, you use it as a text-based chat room, but there is support for video chat, and you can do screen sharing as well. And you can set up chat rooms as many as you like and however you like. So you can put them on particular topics. So you might have like a movie club or a book club. So a social aspect, a way of connecting with your team members. Obviously, it could be uh, if it's a movie club, you're probably going out and seeing movies together. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can have uh, chat rooms for particular teams or projects that you're working on. And you control who's members of those chat rooms and and who can read and who can write to those chat rooms. So those, those sorts of things part of collaboration is sharing content so you can share files and images either from your desktop or from tools like Dropbox. Uh, It works everywhere like these other tools on your desktop tablet or smartphone Um, and the company who who developed this tool Atlassian, they're an Australian company, they provided a programming interface so that developers of other tools can integrate HipChat into their tools. So if you've got a a tool that need that could benefit from having a dedicated chat room, then this programming interface supports that. So uh, the tool JIRA, which is also by Atlastin, has a HipChat plugin, and so does MailChimp, and it works with Dropbox, as I've mentioned, and software tools like GitHub, and many more.
0: Uh, that's a really good point, Chris, and I think if if you're evaluating some of these tools for use in your organization, w- one of the things you should look at is how well they they provide integration with other tools. And if they've got this programming interface, which is called an API, then it makes it very easy for tools to like play nicely with each other. And uh, it means that you can then drop in any tool into your organization and there may be a plug-in which connects it to some other tools that you're already using.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit more with tools like Zapier, won't we?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll come, we're will come. going to come to that specifically a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, so another tool like HipChat is Slack and it's very much a competitor to hipchat so it's very similar some of the some of the same features like you have a room for your team you can have message threads which in which in slack are called channels you can have discussions within a team you can have desktop notifications so alerts pop up on your desktop when somebody wants to communicate with you um, it's the same sort of thing it's workflow management it's not really project management so I should say workflow management for teams but it's not it doesn't go as far as say a project management tool like basecamp It very much is for just the sort of thing that you would do in an in-person team in an office, but this now allows you to do it out of office as well. So you can have informal conversations, you can get together for a quick chat, which you might do in a meeting room or just out in the corridor. Um, And... It's In some ways, it replaces some of the features that email is being used for. Some people even say that Slack is killing email, but that's not actually not right. It's, it's taking over some of the functions that email really isn't suited for, like sending quick messages and sending immediate messages or urgent messages. Uh, email doesn't do that well, and it's not intended to, but Slack takes up some of the slack in those sort of areas.
1: Excellent. Okay. So... The next tool we'll talk about is one called Squiggle, and like the preceding two tools, it's based around the idea of a chat room. But what sets it apart is another feature, which I don't know what they call it, but it's essentially a face wall. And the idea is that each of your team members has a webcam, and it periodically will take a snapshot of you at your your desk and publish it to the face wall. And every other member of your team sees these regular snapshots of all the other members of their team who are present. So the idea of this presence wall, this face wall, is to connect you with your team. You can see your other team members, so if you're in a distributed team, it sort of gives you a feeling of presence of your team members. Um, So that's the, the, the central feature of Squiggle. With, once you've got this face wall in front of you, if you want to communicate or connect with one of your team members, then you click on their image in the wall and that'll initiate a one-on-one video chat. If you want to speak with a broader group of people, then you can start a text-based chat room and have a team discussion as well. And then once you're in the chat room, you can do things like the other chat room tools like drag and drop files into it if you want to share those and it supports integration with other tools as well. But the key key here is I think not so much the chat room, it does provide an interface to a chat room, but it's this idea of connecting you. Being able to see your other team members and having a feeling of presence with them. Obviously, that's not going to work if you've got a team that's distributed over several time zones. It relies on you all being working at the same same time. But uh, I think that helps connect um, out-of-office workers who often do suffer from the social isolation that comes with working alone and remotely.
0: Yeah, what do you think of that, Chris? I don't think that I'd necessarily like my team members to be seeing my face every few minutes, and uh, I think even in an office, even in an office where there are people who are working in the same office, maybe separated by partitions or cubicles or or, or walls and doors, uh, even then you don't see your team members every few minutes. Uh, you don't see their faces all the time, and this might be just seen as a little bit too intrusive.
1: I think it has a. I think it has pros and cons, Gihan. I think something that's a pro and a con is probably that big brother thing. So the mm. the idea that you're being watched all the time. You might find disconcerting um, as well, as, but it also might make you a little bit more diligent and a bit more focused on your work. So it's one of those pros and cons type type of things. It, yeah, I'm interested. Obviously, Squiggle think it's a great thing and promote it as such. So I'd be interested to hear... Uh, from people who might have used it and what they actually think of seeing their team members picking their noses or being <laughs> caught doing <laughs> not doing work.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I guess the one the advantage it does give you, though, is that you might see an empty chair and you know that your team member actually isn't at their desk, so there's no point trying to contact them straight away. You might as well glance up again in another few minutes and hope that they're back at the desk when you want to chat with them.
1: Yeah, so it could work um, better, Kihan, with avatars than actual sleep snap- snapshots of people Mm. that gives you that more abstract information rather than, wow, they haven't uh, brushed their teeth or done their hair today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But, you know, like that said, those are some of the luxuries that we have as out-of-office workers that you don't have to brush your teeth or do your hair or wear clothes if you don't want to when you're (laughs) you're working and that's one of those things that in office you're expected to to groom and be be present in a in a very different way and this is this is saying well look if you're going to have a professional office environment sorry if you're going to have a professional work environment then maybe it should be at the same standards as you'd have in an office
1: all right let's move on to the final (laughs) in this category and it's called I done this. And look, what I'm going to do here is read out the uh, how they describe it in the how it works section of their website because that describes exactly how it works. So step one is every evening as your day winds down, we'll email you to ask, what did you get done today? Stop, reflect, and write about your day just by hitting reply to our email. Step two, the next morning we'll email you a digest that shows everyone's accomplishments from yesterday to kick off your day. And step three is share gratitude, celebrate accomplishments, and start a conversation with a single click in your email digest. Log onto the web and we'll show you a week, month, or year's worth of dones. So it does what it says on the pack. It's a really simple automation of a process whereby you send a status update to your team and you receive the status updates of your team members. And I think that's, that's that'll be quite good for some teams. They might not even have a process where that happens people don't get a reminder that they need to do that. They have ad hoc meetings that drag on whilst everyone tells each other what they've done. Here, you sort of consume the status updates at your leisure and you have a gentle reminder at the end of each day to send a status update to the rest of your team.
0: Yeah, I hadn't come across this tool, Chris, but I really love that you've included this because I think this is a fantastic idea, especially when you've got distributed teams where people don't know what he, what everyone's achieved during the day. And I think in an office, people have a general feel of what, what's been done, what's being achieved because they're just people walking around all the time. You might walk out together. You might talk in the car park on the one before you uh, drive home. So, Just building the culture that way, it's a culture that's not to do with, you're not sharing what you've done professionally, although you are, really what you're sharing is some wins that you've had for the day. And I think this is a really good way to build a strong, positive team culture uh, in a distributed team.
1: Yeah, and it works particularly well, Gihan, for distributed teams because you do it when it suits you. You do it at the end of your day, and you read the stuff at the start of the day, and that can—that's you know, not going to mesh with having a team meeting where you have to get everybody together at the same time to do the. It's—it's it's a, it's a deferred approach. And it works well for distributed teams.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Okay, so let's move on now. So we've covered uh, personal productivity and team collaboration. Finally, let's look outside of the uh, the team and outside of the organization and talk about tools that help us connect with the rest of the world. And I'm going to let Gihan do all the talking here.
0: Yes, okay. So the first of these tools is Zapier. And what Zapier does is connects to two pieces of software together, basically. So based on some trigger from one piece of software, it takes some action in another piece of software. And we kind of touched on this earlier, Chris, when we were talking about these programming interfaces between software, software packages. Now, some some tools do have these programming interfaces in place and they work really really well with each other what zapier does is it allows you to connect tools that don't necessarily do this uh, so there's another tool which is probably well uh, better known called if this then that ifttt and that connects things like dropbox and buffer and evernote so you can do things like every time you post something on twitter or every time you find something on twitter uh, with a certain keyword then store it into an Excel, into a dropbox file, or an Excel spreadsheet, or a buffer, uh, or buffer it, or every time you uh, get an email with a certain subject line, then automatically file that in Dropbox. And now uh, Zapier does exactly the same thing, except it, it works with uh, some of the more business-oriented ser- uh, services like Salesforce, or MailChimp, or QuickBooks, or OneNote. So it's, it's exactly the same as if this and that, except that it tends to have more business-oriented applications that it works with. So a couple of examples will make that clearer. So let's say internally, even though we're talking about connecting with the world, let's say internally, if you use, say, Basecamp for your project management and use Trello, which you talked about, Chris, for your workflow, then you can create what they call a ZAP, that every time somebody creates a to-do item in Basecamp, it automatically creates a Trello card. So it just means that if you're using both tools, it just saves one tiny bit of work that somebody would otherwise have to do. Um, Or if you're looking at connecting with the world, then if you say, if you run webinars, and every time somebody subscribes to your webinar, registers for a webinar, you want to add them to a mailing list automatically in MailChimp, then there's a zap for that. So it's very easy to to make those things happen automatically rather than you having to go in manually, download the registration list and merge it in with your MailChimp mailing list. So if you haven't used Zapier before, it's not free, but it has a free trial, but it's a fairly limited free trial. But it's worth trying out and just have a look at. um, You tell it what software you've got in your organization and it tells you how it can connect those bits of software together. It's really worth doing. Very good. Okay, the next one is one that people have been using for a long time, which is LinkedIn. And I know we said at the start that we're not going to be speaking a bit about some of the older tools, the ones that have been around for a while. And uh, LinkedIn is one that, you know, we should all be using. We should definitely be using for managing our professional network. But it's got a new feature called Pulse, which is extremely valuable. So LinkedIn... Uh, until recently, only allowed a few key influencers to write articles and publish them on LinkedIn. But P- Pulse is now a-, a way that anyone can publish their articles directly to LinkedIn. And when you publish an article there, not only does it get added to your profile on LinkedIn, but your connections are notified about it, and that helps to build your personal brand. And the reason I really like this for out-of-office workers, especially employees who are non-marketers is I think is probably a better platform for building your personal brand than things like blogging or publishing an email newsletter or guest posting on other people's blogs. This is the sort of stuff that I sort of things I do recommend uh, to my other clients but generally they're my business owner clients who want to do this sort of stuff as part of their marketing strategy but if you're an out of office worker or any worker and you want to build your personal brand and you're not a marketer it actually takes a bit of effort to build to create a blog and publish to it regularly and a little bit of motivation as well because it doesn't take much to create the blog and publish to it but if no one's reading it then it's easy to get disheartened whereas when you're publishing it LinkedIn's Pulse, then you know that your connections are being notified about it. And even if they don't read it immediately, they can always come back later. Say you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, and they check you out, they can see what articles you publish. So I think that's a really useful tool.
1: So this Gearhine is a different LinkedIn channel from, say, where I use Buffer at the moment and post and share things through Buffer to LinkedIn. That's it. Pulse is a different channel from what I'm currently using, isn't it?
0: That's right, because what you're posting through Buffer is simply your updates. It's like yeah. your news feed. And uh, so, for example, Christian, I you know you've got a blog, and probably every time you published your blog, you then automatically publish a link to that, to your Mm. LinkedIn newsfeed. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah.
0: Okay, so now what I'm saying is if you didn't have a blog and you didn't want to set up your own blog, you simply use LinkedIn as your blogging platform, and uh, then that also gets published to your newsfeed. But basically those articles live on LinkedIn rather than living somewhere on an outpost on the internet, which is on your blog, which probably not many people will visit. Whereas in Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, because it's part of a big network, there's more chance of people finding it there.
1: Got it. Great. Thank you.
0: Okay. And the third one is uh, there's, a of, there's a series of tools which are part of what's, what's called a PLN, or your personal learning network. And we're, you know, we're talking about connecting with the world. And many people, when you think that way, you're thinking of connecting outwards, so getting your stuff out there and getting known, but also think about how do you get information from the world. And the problem isn't that uh, the problem isn't that the information isn't out there. The problem is that there's too much of it. So how do you filter and select the right sort of information that's relevant for you? And the tool that I'm going to recommend here is one called contentgems.com. And what it does is you give it a certain keyword or a phrase or a topic area, and it will automatically email you every day uh, of Articles, new articles that are available in that topic, uh, in the topic area. So it's a little bit like uh, just doing a, a Google what do they call the Google automatic? Google keyword Alerts. Pinterest? Yeah, it's like doing a Google Alert, yeah. except it's a little bit smarter than that. Uh, it seems to base it on which topics are popular, which articles are are trending at the moment. Um, so you can, if you say you're interested in innovation, you say innovation is a keyword I'm interested in, and it will send you various articles about innovation. So recently published articles. If you're interested in content marketing, it does that. If you're interested in whatever, whatever you're interested in, and you can pick a number of topics. And I think the free version gives you one topic, and then you can pay to get an, of others. Um, you can either get them emailed to you, as I've described, or you can log into their website every day and just have a quick browse. So you might spend 15 minutes at uh, some time when you're taking a break and just see what's new and interesting in your area of expertise. There are a number of these tools like this. Uh, Content Gems is one. Another one is called Linkonomics. Uh, and there's another one that I used to used to use called Sway, but they've just uh, they've just closed down or been acquired by somebody else. So Content Gems is the one that I'd recommend
1: Excellent, Kirhan. So, there you have it. We've provided 10 new tools that are focused on personal productivity, team collaboration, and connecting with the rest of the world. So, I'm expecting that most members of our audience will find something new in there. And... Possibly that's going to improve their current ways of working. Now, in most cases for these tools, you get to use them, you get to try them out for free. Either they're using the freemium business model or they have a free evaluation period. So really, if there's something that sounds useful to you, you've got nothing to lose by giving it a go and finding out if it can improve the way that you work.
0: As you know, we've mentioned a number of tools and we'll have links to them in the podcast notes for this episode, uh, which you can find at outofofficebook.com. And there you can also listen to past episodes of the podcast where we've talked about some of those older tools or some of the more well-known tools like Dropbox and Evernote. So they're available in some of our past podcast episodes. You can also read our blog, which is there. And of course, buy a copy of our book, Out of Office, and all of that's available at outofofficebook.com.
1: Great, and if you want to get in contact with us, we'll just go to the blog and leave a comment for us. If you've used a really useful tool that we haven't mentioned already, then please uh, let us know about it. Um, Otherwise, we'll speak to you in about a month's time. So thanks, Gihan, for your time today. It's always good to talk with you. Yeah, great. Bye for now. Thanks, Thanks. Chris.
0: Visit our website at outofofficebook.com where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book, Out of Office. We wish you all the best in creating the word style of your choice.